there, fellow adventurers, and welcome back to episode 11 of our Half-Baked Fantasy podcast. With several regular cast members away this week, recharging their batteries, we decided to dedicate the episode to a bit of a fireside chat with the remaining cast. A rare chance, if you will, to delve into the minds of the characters and the nebbish half-wits who play them. But don't panic, service will continue as usual next week. I know you're all keen to find out the fate of the Crunkfuckers and their stolen carriage, but you'll just have to wait to next week to tune in and pick up with that. So, without further ado, grab your slippers, pour yourself a swift brandy, and let's get on with the Adventures Anonymous Fireside Chat. Please do enjoy. We're live. Look at that. Yay. Amazing. Lots, 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 lots. That's a level of enthusiasm that money can't pay for. So one of the... Uh, before we get into what the fuck's going on, in fact, no, let's not be amateurs. We might be alcoholics, we might be adventurers, but we're not amateurs. Uh, let's do some introductions because it's always fucking me talking. So let me introduce my colleagues who we have here today. We don't have everyone and we're doing a very special Q&A fireside session. So let me introduce my colleagues here today. We've got the voice of Belsia, Matt Durant. Fresh from the sauna, he's a big hit in Finland. We got Lewis Budden, world famous from his band, Badly Torn Dagger. Oof. Oh, you might have seen him on the dance floor. Oh, I hate it. And of course, we've got the Dominic Cummings to our Barnard cast, <laughs> Chris Neil. Fucking Barnard, not Barnard. Barnard Castle. God, I fucking hate those introductions. They, they, they yeah, yeah, yeah. Solid one out of ten. Yeah. Give yourself an introduction then. Hi, I'm I'm Chris. I I voice Tatty. I I am a white man that is bald. So AJ thinks that I'm Dominic Cummings. There you go. See, <laughs> with a like that, there is no way that we are not top ten content on any podcast list. Um. I mean, I feel like you spurned my introductions there. Yeah. That was that was some top four material. I mean, you did a nice one for Matt, but I feel like me and Lewis got fully shafted. Oh, proper shafted. Good and shafted. Yeah. Shaft on, on, on Chris's face and the band name all, all in one fell swoop. I'll have you know, we did the introduction. We did the, you just, people are listening to this. They've just heard the intro. And they now know of the musical prowess I am capable of, I'll have you know. So you keep your lights to yourself. That's true. It is it is a good time to say it was actually Lewis's band who did our intro music. So if you like that, you only have him to be. <laughs> yes. And if you don't, tweet me. It's not the introduction we deserved. Tweet me if you like it. Tweet me if you hate it. Tweet me twice if you hate it, actually. No, enough, uh, my, my Twitter's boring. telling them what your Twitter handle is. Um, you can get us at um, AirDronDagger underscore, which is the band, or just at Lewis Budden, which is me. Send me hatred. Why not? Spice it up. There you go. We've already had a shameless plug. Ooh. And we are only two minutes, 50 seconds into this podcast. So as Adventurers Anonymous and uh, Consummate Drinkers, people do often ask what it is we're drinking. So... What the fuck is it that you are drinking this week? Going around, Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, I've got myself a lovely strong gin and tonic. Are you brand aware? Are you just drinking brand X gin? Were you? Uh, I'm drinking Ophir, which is uh, that nice one that's always cheap on Amazon. <laughs> you buy your alcohol from Amazon. <laughs> you 
Oh, yeah. Awesome. You're not, you're not carrying shit, are you? You're not carrying anything. Out. No. Get it. No aviation gin for you. No fucking aviation gin fucking uh, sponsorship for us. Well, I'm drinking entry-level red wine. I'm drinking Jam Shed. It's like Ribena. Don't you dare call Jam Shed entry-level. Jam, <laughs> Jam Shed is the pit. It's good. You can you can smash that shit. Lewis, what are you drinking? A little, um, uh, vodka lemonade, a little bit of body. I'm, I'm joining Chris on the um, the spirits. Um, drank a lot of beers yesterday, so um, yes, I'm a bit on the spirits today. In a motherfucking jam jar. Yeah, drinking spirits out of a jam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I may be doing the spirits, but I'm not making them classy. <laughs> I was kind of saw you as more of a terps kind of person. I see you drinking white spirits. I like to sniff glue. Sure I don't know if that's what you. Mean. <laughs> <laughs> joking. I've never sniffed glue. <laughs> it was it was very forthright how quickly you came out with yeah, that. Yeah. We went from, went from spirits to, to very like beyond clear spirits <laughs> to electricity. I don't. Everyone's licked a Prince dude. Uh, I don't know if I licked one, but I've definitely smelled licked one. Licked weird. That one, right? That's weird, right? I know this is a, a safe space, but I don't think I've ever licked a Prince unless that's some sort of private school euphemism, AJ. Yes. <laughs> What are you talking about? We, I was, I was privately educated. We used Bostic. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Pritstick. It's the same everywhere. Glue's glue, right? They're the same, right? No? Guys? Tweet us. Tweet us. Yeah. <laughs> you know what a Pritstick is. There you go. Matt, what are you drinking? Matt, Matt's a cocktail guy. He's going to be sipping something class. I, well, I normally would be having spirits, but I'm actually drinking... Uh, Camden Shaw, a refreshing lager that's show-stopping and is suitable for vegetarians and vegans. Nice. It really, really waxed lyrical in that in that in that can copy there. Yeah. Good. <laughs> sure have. You surely won the demographic over with that, right? Yeah. Let's open up with some questions. I appreciate we've never fucking taken the time to actually particularly talk about our characters because we started the podcast halfway through an encounter in the middle of an episode with very, very little context of who the hell we were or what we were doing. But we had to start somewhere. So I thought it would be a good exercise if you could briefly describe your characters. Now, that doesn't have to be an essay. That could be several sentences. But if you could give people a very brief overview of your character, where they came from and what the fuck their motivation is, I'm sure that would be insightful to people. So just because I like bullying people, I think we should start with uh, Matt. Tell us a bit about Belsior. Belsior is a dragonborn sorcerer who is... And I think so. The, I think the fundamental thing about Belsior's character is tied in with his being a sorcerer because I, I kind of worked this out like maybe halfway through the first year when I actually read up on what a sorcerer was and how that fits <laughs> into the law and all that important stuff. But my understanding is a sorcerer kind of has that power from like wizards have to study and study. A sorcerer just has it, the power kind of thrust upon them. Oh. So to me, Belsia like has never, has never put in any of the effort for <laughs> the skills he has. He can just breathe fire and stuff and like shoot ice knife 
because of an innate ability and his whole life has just been like, I guess he's like a lazy rich kid who's his, his dad. <laughs> I'm not looking at any, anyone. Um, is like in his like dad got him into a good wizard school and he's always had everything lined up for him until his family kind of had enough of him. But I think he's just an incredibly, I, th- I think he was an incredibly lazy guy who was kind of like turfed out and then had to live on the streets and kind of actually work for a living. So I think he comes into his adventuring days with a bit of, uh, bit of humility um, and a bit of kind of, but he also like kind of longs for a return to his, his, his glory days of like being a student and not doing anything. I don't know what I like more at this point, how much effort you're putting into this description or how terrified Lewis is looking, thinking I haven't got this level. <laughs> I have a good solid five lines. I'll let you know. All right, good. We'll get to you. Don't worry. I like the look of horror on your face. Mm. Ooh, that's what happens when you record a podcast next to a toilet. Every time someone takes a shit, you can hear it in graphic HD. It's even better is that we couldn't hear it until you just pipe it out. And you just fucking, like, we saw the look of horror on your face, and then... <laughs> that's definitely staying in the podcast. Mm. Right, getting back to the uh, Dragonborn Sorcerer. Your your character is a member of a um, famous magical institution called the Wizard Sleeve. Would yes. you want to uh, very briefly outline what what the Wizard Sleeve what's that about? So I think in the Wizard Sleeve, I would say is is it's kind of your um in, in my head. I think it's a I think it's the there's a thing like that in either Oblivion or Skyrim where there's a a, a rocky mountain fortress and Schools of magic. Are you saying that I ripped off the storyline for this off another popular fantasy <laughs> franchise? No, I'm saying I ripped off my, my oh, mental... Good. Right, okay. For legal reasons. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm too Bethesda can sue me if they want. Um, yeah, you heard of Todd Howard. <laughs> Todd Howard? Howard! Um, in my, yeah, I, I'm imagining it's like schools of magic full of like wizards with their nose in the air and a little bit of uh, a popular flat planet based fantasy series in there as well um and i I see that as the kind of thing where belsia was kind of thrown in as a again as a sorcerer in a in a in a school full of wizards there's got to be some kind of hijinks there and and there was a a tyromancy incident. Um, You're going to have to explain to listeners what the fuck tyromancy is. I think we lost Lewis there. No, yeah, I just it's a, a black town. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> tyromancy is divination by cheese. It is um, cheese. Cheese. Oh, you know, D and D A. Mad. Predicting the future using cheese. <laughs> Looking at the patterns in the curds and whey as the, uh, the cheese solidifies, you predict the future. Wow. Yeah, little does he know it, but, but Belsi has actually actually seen all the events of our campaign to come just just in, in Brie. In Brie. 
in the in the curve yeah, in a moldy the, the moldy skin of a camembert. Hmm. Uh, moldy skin of a camembert. That's like the album name for a badly torn dragon. Oh god! <laughs> I just said badly torn dragon instead of yeah, badly torn dragon. Yeah, instead of bear drawn dagger, which is what you're trying to say. Either that, or you're trolling me on such a superior level. It makes me feel sad. I've no, I've no idea. I've no idea what you're talking about. No more. You made me feel sick. I know. It's <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, right, that that's fairly insightful. All right, so that's that's some level of insight into into Matt's life. Lewis, go on. I'm going to pick on you. Go for it. This is that you get a look at the fucking power. Do you know? Considering you've been DM for like 18 months, you rarely have to like really value the power until now. Where I feel like you're a teacher picking us to read out our homework. <laughs> this, is the, this is the way the mask. I gave you 24 hours. This is where the mask slips, AJ. <laughs> Keep <laughs> sipping his wine, motherfucker. All right, so Aristobulus Jones, a bit of a backstory. I would describe him as a sinister minister, a persuasive priest, and as Chris once described me, an onion of chaos. Mm. <laughs> Let that breathe for a moment. So Aristobulus spent years learning lore of the multiverse and had a very like, high-pressure childhood being a prodigy. Um, but his background and knowledge at the minute in the campaign still seems quite murky. Um, so whilst his exact religion remains like a mystery, um, his penchant for spontaneous parkour, uh, playing the tinned pipes and public nudity are quite obvious. That's phenomenal. That's be- <laughs> you, you really brought a tear to my eye. That was, that was, that was a beautiful like rendition of, of his story. That's, That's pretty accurate so far for, what, for what's been unveiled. Are you reading that off an auto cue? Just fresh off the dome, mate. <laughs> just, just, spitting, just spitting rhymes off the dome. Fire in the booth. Pow, 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 etc. Siren noise. And um, what do you think made him the way he is? Why? Do you, I mean, he's best known for being a quippy deviant mm. who pops up at the most inopportune of times yeah. to bring liberty. Yeah. Why do you think he's a joker? Mate, so much, so much. Personally, I love him being a, a, um, a chaotic character. So having this frail elderly man be um, a nuisance flirt to especially characters that you make is fantastic. Fun, fun and both narrative-wise is great. Um, but in terms of his backstory... I guess he's got the uh, the pressures of being a child prodigy that essentially amounted to nothing. Um, the the very dark sexual backstory with an owl bear that has yet to be truly uncovered. And you know, the less that said, the better, really. Um, which meant he had to be raised by monks. Um, <laughs> and then uh, that's, I guess, what's so brilliant is his uh, his uh, spirituality gets so murky thanks to his, his mysterious backstory. Uh, there's a lot to unpick there that we haven't unpacked yet. So these so these monks, are we talking like are we talking like traditional monks or are we talking like Trappist beer monks, like monks who like to party? We don't know yet. All we know is that the reason he likes to drink is because he's had a very dark past. And I think the lines of his own fact and fiction are now starting to blur so much thanks to years of abuse. But it doesn't stop him bringing the party slash uh, violence for a man of God. But we'll get into that next. And how far do you have to reach for that character? 
hey, let's not pull at that thread of, of, of uh, why am I like this and why do these things come out of my mind so quickly? <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah. All right. He's great. Uh, we don't want, we yeah. don't want to it. He's fairly service level some days. Some days I'm just playing off what you guys are doing. And then it's no secret to anyone who's ever fucking listened to the podcast that you come and go. Yeah. You know, you're, you're a free spirit. Um, mm-hmm. Some would say a maverick. Mm-hmm. Often on the road doing stuff yeah. with um, faintly drawn, what's it called? Do another one, yeah, go on, get it in, get your shit in, go on. Air drawn back. Yes. How, how do you find it popping in and out of the character? And do you ever come back to discover that your colleagues have put you in awkward situations in the weeks where you're not there? Uh, no, I wish I could be fair for everyone, but when I'm not, it is quite fun to dip back and see what shit has gone down because no matter who's picking up the, the reins, uh, pretty true to character. I feel like, you know, you can boil it down to a handful of chaotic moments and the XP will roll over quite nicely. Mm. I think, like, I think especially when, when we first started, um, AJ got the the kind of tone and voice of, of Aristobulus, like, down to a T. Yeah. So, like, on weeks when you weren't here, mm. like, We'd be describing doing stuff, and then AJ would just be like, "Oh yeah," and Aristobulus is like off in the corner, pissing in a bush or something. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah. That's a Hanash thing. Hanash. That is more Hanash. Yeah, I'd be more like I don't know, um, sleeping off a really bad come down from some mystical yeah. eggs that he snorts or something, or I don't know, like working on my cartwheel as a <laughs> frail old man that's drunk yeah. as fuck in the corner, you know, something etc. It's true. Your character has exposed himself to at least half the cast. Yep. Oh yeah, we're going to try and make that the full we'll cast by Christmas. <laughs> the full cast by Christmas. Easy, Jesus easy. Christ. My uh, my head cannon on that is that Aristobulus is only lucid in the weeks Lewis is here, and the rest of the time he's being controlled by like mystical deities from from whatever pantheon he worships. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think early on, oh, so we, he, yeah, we did that. I remember it was like just say he's on he's tripping balls this week, so like yeah, his side yeah. quest is. It's irrelevant, you know. It's, it's a non-canon. I think. I think one week we like in the early days we were literally just like when you weren't here. One week we were just like, oh yeah, Aristobulus is in bed, hungover. Yeah, he can't get out, and he's still in character. We've we've built him up to be pretty, uh, pretty future-proof. I can tell you what week that was. That was before the podcast started, and. Um, when you when when the party first met Brannigan the Brown and you were staying at his place, and Tatty got up in the middle of the night and picked a fight with a random stranger and ended up the party ended up killing said stranger. In fact, I think it was Belsio who finally finished him off, and it turned out to be Brannigan the Brown's gardener. And about three quarters of the way through the episode, I realised Lewis, I hadn't done anything with your character. <laughs> So I just very quickly retconned in that he'd been asleep for the whole episode <laughs> as it was happening at 2am. Makes sense. See, it always works out. What a great narrative device. Makes total sense. All right. <laughs> so that's a whistle-stop tour of the whiny masturbator, mm-hmm. uh, Aristobulus Jones. Uh, Chris, give us a very quick rundown of Tatty Bojangles and who he is and, and why he is. Uh, he is a, he's a gnome and he had a very fucking depressing, uh, depressing childhood, probably came from a broken home. 
Um, he ended he ended up um, joining joining the army essentially, um, where he found out he had a pretty good talent for uh, a bow and arrow and for um, and for killing people essentially. So he he ended up in what I can only describe as some kind of known special forces unit, um, where he was uh, you know racking up. Racking up kills day after day. The um, Lone Ranger. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it works for the Americans. They've well, got the yeah. Name special for the Gnome Ranger. No, sorry, carry on. Oh, that's pretty good. I like it. I'll take it. Thanks. I'll, I'll take your your never ending laughter as confirmation. Right. Good. Sorry, carry on. Don't ignore me. Fucking ignore he, me. Um, had a pretty fucking horrifying experience while he was in the army so he's now you know before the campaign started he's you know spent years um with kind of ptsd and depression just wandering between towns um living living in the wilds essentially with his um with his wolf companion lady is he like a pint-sized version of rambo then um I don't know. Uh, maybe a little bit, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like a very quick comparison to draw. Ah, interesting. All right. Um, what's the story? How did he meet Lady? For people who don't know, who have managed to get this far into the fucking podcast without realizing that Lady is a wolf, that is Tati Bojangles' companion. How did you meet Lady? Was she a rescue? Did you, you know, she a designer puppy? AKA, AKA Barbara, which she's now also known as. Which can get very confusing when we're playing games because I forget that Barbara <laughs> is Lady because she got a name uh, at some point. <laughs> Sorry, I, I shouldn't have dead named Barbara. Uh, Barbara, Sorry, I think we, we we need to keep calling ourselves out on dead naming Barbara. Uh, so Lady is Barbara. Barbara is is my wolf companion. Um, I um, Tatty met her when he was. Um, before he kind of went AWOL um, from the army, um, he, I think he found her as like a, uh, almost like a cub. But to him, it's like mm. the cub would still be like, she's a direwolf, so she'd probably still be bigger than him. Um, after like her, um, I don't know what you call it in like a wolf pack. Is it like an alpha, something like that? I don't know. After the alpha had, had died or something, and and she was she was she was kind of like uh, pawing around the um, the side where this this kind of larger wolf had been killed. Um, and after after Tatty left, uh, she ended up coming back and um, joining him essentially. Nice. Hang on, you you said the alpha of the pack was dead. So what? She was the matriarch, and then you did. Was she running the pack? No, just... she she wouldn't have been like. I've probably described that really badly. Like I don't, I, you know, below an alpha and all the other wolves. I don't know if there's something. Else. Not an alpha, beta, gamma, delta. Yeah, it's, I guess by... it would just be like one of those wolves. Uh, it was a zeta. Yeah, something. Probably not that far down. Uh, but <laughs> an omega. Uh, she would have watched her, I don't know, parent figure get killed by hunters or something like that. Um, and then when her and Tatty met, it, it was kind of like this wordless 
scene where something out of Dances with Wolves, where they just look into each other's eyes and then Tati just goes, okay, bye, I'm going to leave you now. Um, and then she just starts following him. Ooh, oh, all right, side question. Why is everyone's backstory so fucking miserable? Why hasn't anyone got a happy backstory? Because you did them. Like, <laughs> we started. <laughs> and also, yeah, it was, I believe, the, what was our original quest when we first met? It was like arson in a pub where these very <laughs> yeah. depressed characters from their miserable lives were forced to fight for their freedom in a sewer. <laughs> it was a pandemic. Things were bleak. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is true. It's true. I mean, I don't think D&D... You'd never played D&D before, so if your first adventure had been organise your godson's bar mitzvah, you know, I think it would have been... I think, that would be a, I think that would be a quest very suited to Belsia. <laughs> probably would. As a children's entertainer. I think he knows all the right people, yeah. Put a few calls in, put a few calls in. Yeah. I could do oh, that. oh, oh, also, also, Aristobulus could well, like, Pose as the um, ooh, rabbi. rabbi. Thank you. Yeah, as the rabbi. Yeah. Never let it be said that this podcast isn't multicultural. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm That's in fantasy life. world. There's like a million different fake religions I have to blag my character through. So, like, yeah. But in terms of yeah, like some kind of D and D rabbi. Yeah, you can put Aristotle in that role. I think this would be a great quest. Pencil that in. That's good. Yeah. D&D rabbi sounds like a really good Twitter handle. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Dungeons and rabbis, yeah. Dungeons and rabbis, and I do. I, I think that's a very valid point. A, I made all the backstories, and nothing sells narrative like fucking misery. Mm-hmm. So that kind of made sense. I pinned it all on misery. A bunch of no hope, alcoholic, lackluster, like fools who'd burnt down their local pub. I want to say, yeah, that's genius. That's actually a really good. Um... Now, look, looking back, like alcoholics burn their own pub down and then are forced to go on missions. Yeah. That's not. We are. We are yeah. at some point. We're going to go back and do a one shot, which is the story of what actually happened on that night. Um, I, I, I don't have any ideas for it's it. A good idea. It's not bad looking, you know, considering we uh, flung it together mm. as a people that had never played D and D before. It's not a bad origin story. So decent. So, I think the original story I wrote that tied in so the actual official canon is Belsiar was dicking around was it Belsiar or Aristobulus was dicking around trying to I think Belsiar used magic to light a candle and Aristobulus yeah. tried to deep throat it mm. to show off to either a barmaid or a lady of the night and it ended up going horrendously wrong and um your local bar burnt down and thus you ended up doing community service and was sent you were offered the chance to either be hung drawn and quartered or go and clean up the sewers and that was your first adventure yeah and and little did we know then that we would still be here today with the millions millions of listeners that we have yeah (laughs) overrun millions millions are everywhere everywhere we're a big hit in ohio Apparently. Oh, sick. Thanks, thanks, Ohio. We should go one day. That'd be nice. A nice little trip. Yeah. I'd love to. Hang you out. Know, internationally. Hang out with some people, you know. do this, talk nonsense with them. Mmm. Exactly. You're me. Right. Go on then. For the sake of moving this shit along, um, what one fact would surprise people about your character, starting with Lewis? All right. 
Um, what, uh, I think that what I was talking about earlier, so Aristobulus is a character, um, is a man of God, God, a God, many gods, we don't really know yet. Um, but uh, despite like his small frame um, as an elderly human cleric, Aristobulus can be pretty short-tempered at times and uh, can utilise a large phallic object with nails pointing out of it. He's picked up along in his battles uh, that he refers to as the dick slapper. So if you do ever hear that coming out in a, in a game, that's a, it's basically a massive um, wooden dildo <laughs> spikes coming out of it that will only be used in heavy combat only. Um, usually, and a bonus fact would be I got a really good kill count with a tin of sweet corn. Yeah, I did. Yeah, like multiple games, like I just I'd be able to lamp someone with it, they die, and <laughs> I put it back in my bag. And I think I got at least three or four people with a tin of sweet corn. I think you genuinely you bludgeoned a deep gnome to death in a cave with it. Once. Yeah, that's good. You murdered a dwarf. Underneath the Dunrock Mountains with it at least once. Yeah, I, I tended to use it to, like, finish people off when you guys had done all the heavy lifting and someone was down to, like, a ridiculous amount of points. I'd be like, well, wouldn't it be a shame if a tin of corn was to finish the job? Um, wasn't, it, wasn't it, like, when, um, wasn't it when we fought the bullet before it transformed into Mords? There was that bit where, like, you thought that she was really low on health and you were like, oh, Oh, okay. I didn't. Re- I don't know if it was <laughs> yeah. ten of sweet corn. Is it sweet corn time? Quarters of sweet corn. Oh uh, yeah. AJ was like, "No, you're all gonna die." Nah, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna run out in front of a giant twenty foot beast with a ten of sweet corn. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. I'm not 100 percent sure any of that was surprising, mm. but I liked it. So yeah, I'll that's true. Uh, Matt, um, I was thinking about this. I was. I was thinking about. Um, the one area of Belsia which hasn't been defined, which is his sex life. Nobody wants to know. Because I'm almost certain, because I was thinking about while well, his upbringing, Stern, like, or his best years were spent in a, in a weird wizard's boarding school where he was probably the only dragonborn and he was shunned by everyone. So he's definitely a virgin. Um, and I don't think he knows what sex is. He's in a group with Aristobulus, <laughs> a renowned yeah, work. Yeah, he just thinks. <laughs> I think he looks at that and he's like, "Oh, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, like just going for a little wrestle again." Just oh, what is your world? Now, to be fair, I would like to point out that Aristobulus never actually goes through with his conquests. He just likes to dance around. Whereas yeah. um, the the one top shagger of the group is actually Belsia, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? He's constantly like Hanash. No, Hanash. Oh, Hanash. Hanash. Sorry, yeah, Hanash is constantly like. Did you just pronounce his name Hanash? Hanash. When he has a panache for Hanash. That's the orchid pronunciation. That's a really interesting fact, Matt, and, and one that highly disturbs me. I don't really know where to go with that. Several things that instantly jump to mind are: Is he like he's been on the road now for for about six months or whatever? Is he just constantly negligently discharging oh, as he goes because he has no idea <laughs> what's going on? He just sneezes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. He just doesn't know what, what, what's happening. It's just... What does dragon seed look like and is it flames? Definitely not. Yes, yeah, it's, it's basically lighter fluid. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
So dragon semen's flammable. Yeah, sure. That's a surprising fact that we've all learned. But a fact nonetheless. I think it just has like like people, if if you walked into Belsia's quarters, there'd be like the strong smell of like um, butane <laughs> and. Uh, well, there we then. In the in the land of the dragonborn, please bakake and smoke. Carefully. Yeah, because it's like a petrol station, you know. Jesus, that's... Turn off your mobile phone. Yeah, turn off your mobile phone. <laughs> wow. Horrendous. Well, there you go. I mean, that's a surprising fact. That's really interesting. Um, I'm not sure Chris can top that, but he can try, and he will. It's not going to be about Ty's sex life, I can tell you that. <laughs> Actually, he's got no fingers, so his sex life is probably limited. I don't know, it depends if you focus on finger blasting a lot, I guess. <laughs> Which apparently, <laughs> apparently you are. Plus he's got gnome hands, so he can make that work. No, he's got hands. I mean, it did not miss a fucking beat then. Well, unless you focus on finger blasting. Like, which you should. I mean, he's got no fingers. What's he going to do, like burger bunny? He can, like, you don't know. he has a smaller arm. Think about that. He could just you could utilize what's going on there, and he'll get the fingers back. <laughs> and boy, when he does, will that be a disgusting episode? <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Sorry, Chris. Bad. <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be a, a massive letdown now. But uh, Tatty, the the fact about Tatty that no one will know is that he has a soft spot for uh, broken people, oh. which is oh. which is. Something that he recognises in himself and the rest of the group. Yeah. So that's probably why he's such a good leader, because he can rag. Is he a leader? I would say he's kind of a very gung ho centre point. Because look, think about it. Yeah. Like, like you know, I mean, we've got the the virgin magician or like the cleric <laughs> and the drunken cleric. Like, we're, no, these aren't these aren't main focus characters. Hey, all you needed was a military man to get you all in line. Exactly, it all checks out. Yeah. we've got the muscle. Top Shagger, aren't we? So that and over the Right, that's an interesting question. Matt, who would you say is the leader of the Adventurers Anonymous? The top shagger of the um I'd say it naturally falls to Tatty. Um as the first into first in battle, first to push us into rooms where we don't know what's inside. I think I think for I think for Tatty, his kind of like his PTSD and his like military past almost like manifests in this like um, objective focus. Like when he when he knows like the next step that he needs to do, very much like fucking get on it and do it. Um, and you you kind of see some of that coming out in like the way that he talks to um the way that he talks to people when he can be a little bit short in in situations like that interesting i like that he he falls back to his uh training when he's in a bind mm. and matt as the pre-qualified virgin of the group um which character would you say is the thirst trap of the group um the what the thirst the, trap. The thirst trap. The honey pot. If you want to call it that. I, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, no offense to Aristobulus or Tati, but I think there'd be a there'd be an acquired taste. <laughs> I think Hanash, um 
ever since I googled sexy orc, you can't stop thinking about um, it. <laughs> you know, I, 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 register. yeah. <laughs> I just think I, I imagine he's like. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Gone I agree. I, and Ash is the guy who's always um, he's still always pulling the weird characters that you make, which is strange and hilarious. Um, yeah, because Harry Stubbs is just in it for the chaos. Really, he doesn't care. He's a greased up old man. You know, what I mean, he's filthy. Yeah, I think it, it depends on it depends on the it depends on the mark. I think I think Aristobulus's chaotic nature. Uh, attracts people who are of a uh, the people that are a bit more straight laced, who see him see him as a bit strange, a bit indoor, uh, yeah. 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 Um, Hunash, his his appeal his appeal is is dynamic and wide ranging and can never be pinned down. <laughs> All right, you've written his Tinder profile. Jesus Christ, impressive. So the feeling I was getting from you there was possibly a Hunash. Uh, I feel the correct answer is probably Theolian, but he doesn't count. He doesn't count because I made him. Uh, I always thought I, I, Theolian in my head looks like Kevin Eldon, um, who is in. He's like a bit. He's like a background character in like every. I know who that is. Yeah, every British comedy. That's what I'm. Nobody ever usually plays a monk. Or something. Oh like God! That. Him. And for some reason, him—that—that's the image I have of Theolian. Wow. Well, that's wrong. Is that, not, is that canonically wrong? That's canonically wrong. I mean, um, I don't know. Now that I look at it and imagine Theolian's voice that you do for him, it, 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 it almost lines up. That's it. Um, Let's think pointy ears. I'm thinking like I was, I was thinking like Orlando Bloom, like um, Lord of the Rings elf. You know, tall, long yeah. hair, sexy vibes. You you just picked the most famous elf in all of movie well, history, and yeah, basically, you said sexy, Next tall. Time. You described the most famous elf in cinematic history. You said like tall, long hair. It's hard to describe elves without using racial stereotypes. Right? <laughs> yeah, um, which re- leads us very well into the next question, which I'm going to ask you. You can't nominate for your own character. But going around the immediate cast of adventurers, should we ever have a film? You know, when Amazon come knocking, mm-hmm. who's going to play the characters? Oh, man. You can't nominate your own character. Oh, can't pick who's going to do that. So, so you can do, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, so oh, let's go man. around. So starting with Tatty. Who's going to play Tatty? Except Chris has no input. Is, um, yeah. is Peter Dinklage too easy? <laughs> I think it probably is, yeah. All right, then. I don't want to call it low-hanging fruit. But... It just kind of, it's obvious, though. Yeah. All right, let's say due to the power of technology, we can we can reapportion people. You know, even Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. You don't have to do much reapportion. <laughs> yeah, no. um, who, who, who are we getting to play Tati? I think uh, an, a reassuring... Tom Hanks type, but oh, fuck I was thinking James L. Jones for everyone. If anyone, if anyone's <laughs> ever seen Harmon Quest, um, I always, I, sometimes when I picture Tatty in my mind, I almost picture him as as Jeff Davis's character, the uh, the Goblin. Um, yeah. Oh yes, yeah. So I can I can very much see like Jeff Davis's like influence in 
especially some of the one-liners that he comes out with, like some of the quips. Oh, do you know who'd be really fun for this? And I, you don't think you need to change too much. Um, Kurtwood Smith, you know, you know the dude, the dad from that seventy show. That dude. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. like, that's that's not a bad shout, that, is it? That's all right. He's, oh. uh, you should have said what's his name from RoboCop. Kurtwood uh, Smith. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to talk about RoboCop later, so I didn't want to um, foreshadowing. Oh, good. <laughs> um, I've always kind of seen him. Do you know the actor David Hornsby? Who plays? Um, oh, um, who plays David Brittlesby in uh, Mythic Quest? West. Yes, <laughs> I could see you as being a bit of a kind of like David Hornsby kind oh, of. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. that. Oh like, wait, he's that guy. He also looks like the guy from Yeah, hold on. Yeah, oh. my my image of him kind of goes somewhere in between him in Mythic Quest and him in It's Always Sunny. Yeah, I was just gonna, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, he's good in that. Um, so I think we 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 pin that down. I mean, we started with racial stereotypes and we ended in in perfection. So let's go going around the screen because I've got nothing better to do. Let's go with Belsia, who is playing. This is going to be more interesting because there's going to be a lot of CGI involved. Mm. But, Hmm. Fuck. I might have peaked too soon with Brittlesby. Maybe we'll just have The Rock do it and play a weird magician, children's entertainer. <laughs> Let's have Dwayne Johnson. Let's get that money. I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. That. Vin Diesel knows how to knows how to do voices. Yeah. And he's a D and D fan, so yeah. I think get 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 the Hollywood on that character. So I could I could I could see someone like Joe. What's his name? Joe Manganello. Um, doing a good kind of Dragonborn voice. Would Michael Sierra be too nerdy? Would he make it all about him? No, I think that's a really good shout. Who? No, Michael Sierra. Yeah, I, I don't know. Really... I don't want it to make yeah, it all about yeah. him, you know? I don't want it to be obvious. He'd have to, he'd have to assimilate quite nicely, but maybe he's got the Michael Jesus. Sierra, Jesse Eisenberg type. Yeah, you know, just to really get that big virgin energy. With a latex head. And... <laughs> Oh, I was just saying, yeah, just just put put like latex on him. Um, I could say Jason Bateman, but I don't think we'll I don't think we'll do better than uh, Michael Sarah. Mm. That's a very yeah. good show. Actually, yeah, yeah, Jason Bateman's quite a good quite a good one. Um, I don't think we could go quite as far as like a, a, a what's his name, Christoph Mintz-Plass. Uh, no, maybe not. That he could play my dad, I think. <laughs> Are we ever going to meet your dad in the storyline? I hope so. A special episode okay. with... Uh... Um, right, spinning the wheel again. Who's going to play Aristobulus? I'm going to open... I'm going to, I'm going to open with a curveball. I'd like to see the energy of someone like Paul Rudd. I don't think Paul Rudd is... <laughs> Paul Rudd. See, I, was, I, have to really I was thinking Paul Rudd for this, but yeah, I'd love no, that. No, that's the problem. I was thinking someone like Richard E. Grant. Oh, that's a great shout. Wow. See, Paul Rudd is too sexy, but I like his energy, and I think you mm. exude that energy. Mm. But Richard E. Grant is not a bad... Oh, my God. Hugh Laurie. Mm. Hugh Laurie. <laughs> I've got the right answer for you, if you like it. It's Jonathan Price. 
I was I was thinking that. That's it. That's Grant it. Grant is so good, but you can't get away from Richard E. Grant's energy. Yeah, oh, Jonathan Ross would have to like he, he might be past it for the handstands. That might have to be CGI. Because I'm just thinking like him as the highest power. I can always imagine. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. As uh, he's also going to play, Jonathan Price is going to play um, Prince Philip in Crown. the next season of The Crown, Ooh, I think. that's fun. That's fun. In fact, we could probably just map, I think we could map our characters onto characters from the, the actual royal family and then <laughs> just get the cast of The Crown to play them. <laughs> Olivia, you got your eye on Matt Smith? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Olivia Coleman can voice Barbara. Yeah, that would be good. Oh, you know, Richard E. Grant's a shout, you know. I forgot of his cheeky little face. Yeah. He's got the right, he has got the energy. He's got like the the perviness yeah. that, that Aristobulus brings. Oh, yeah. That's a good shout. All right. So we're going to stop. We're going to go with Michael Sarah for um, Belsia. We're going to go with Richard E. Grant for Aristobulus. Looking at Hanash. He's playing that big bastard. He's tall. He's six and a half feet tall. He's big. You want like a Dave Batista type, I think, you know, like a guy, yeah. but he's, he's a bit, it's already a bit like, um, again, that's the low hanging fruit answer, I think, because of... That is low hanging fruit, isn't mm. it? We can maybe do better than that. Who's, who's I would like to see, I'd like to see a, re- do you know sometimes when improbable celebrities get shredded and ripped? Mm. I'd like to see Stephen Merchant <laughs> just get absolutely ripped. Wow. And I think that would be a really good... That'd be so kind of good. Yeah, he's got the comic bit down where it's like, oh, there's some things on yeah. the floor I'm going to... Yeah, like, ripped Stephen Merchant, <laughs> mainly because that'd be hilarious. Yeah. He's got the height, too. He's tall as fuck. Yeah, that's what I was going with. Yeah. I was just lazily going with Liberty. That could work. Paul Collins to his agent. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, wait, wait. Right, we need that was first. It's true. That was it. Well, any any take it anything beyond a shredded Stephen Merchant? I just really want to see that now. That's the problem. Um, who's talking? Can you give Lily? I was thinking. Oh, what's his name now? He was in the Wire. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to find his name. Who's? Um, oh, I'll I'll find it. Come back to me. I, I've got a good one for Hunash though. Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to be Dominic West? No. Take um, Oh, um, I think I know who you mean. Yeah. Herc? Plays like Herc. Yeah. yeah. Herc. All the, all the, all the listeners are, and they called you users there. I apologize, Pod. Uh, all of the listeners are screaming the answer out at this point. I'm sure we will find it. Who plays him? Domenico Lombardosi. Oh, yes. Oh. I don't think anyone was shouting that. <laughs> Not loud enough. Louder. Louder. Oh, oh. <laughs> In fact, no, yeah. You could just... So his, if you remember his partner, yeah. Ellis Carver, yeah. he can be Tatty, played by Seth, Seth Gilliam. I do like Seth Gilliam as well. He's um, He's good. Yeah, there you go. Reunited in Actually, Dominic West wouldn't be a, a bad show for Tattoo. <laughs> I'm going to put one name out there. Michael Chicklet. Might be a bit much, but on Ash. Oh, come on. All right, I'll go with your... Uh... <laughs> I was hoping for more there. We'll go with Domenico Lombard- Lombardosi. 
You know what I mean, though, don't you? He plays. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, we'll get. Um, if you want Bumble in big voice, you could get Big Show, as in Paul White, the massive giant wrestler. He's got a really good voice that I think could be like right amount of comedy. Plus, he's a giant in mm. real life. So, mm. yeah, I'd, I'd throw him in the mix. I now want to see. I want to see an MMA style fight between Dominique Lombardi. And a really shredded Stephen Merchant, and I think they should just fight off for it. Fight for the role, literally. All right, and that that just leaves us with Maud. Oh mm, yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Who's playing Maud? Tignataro. Tignataro, that's good. Who? Ooh. Off of, um, I only know her from from the new Star Trek, where she's one of my more favorite characters. Um, um, should watch her stand up. She's really good. Yes. Yes, I should. Yeah, Tignataro or. I was going to suggest Barbara Windsor, is it? <laughs> She's been dead 12 years. I didn't know that. Tignataro. You're really. I mean, Chanel will be touched. <laughs> um. Gotta be careful what I say now, because at some point Chanel will listen to this and then <laughs> True. she'll ice knife me in the night whilst I sleep. Um who's gonna play Maud? They've got to be I grumpy, religious. They've got to have the um they've got to have the voice, the really good voice. And I um, I feel like the sass. What about Adele now? She's got Colin Rose. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Has Adele got cornrows now? Oh, yeah. That's an update. Google it. Okay. It is not a look, but it's kind of a vibe. So how does one be both? Um, yeah. Skinny Adele with cornrows. I feel like that. <laughs> yeah. That's a life change. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. I could see like a young Maud. I could see like a Zendaya. Zendaya's got that kind of just belligerent arrogance. Yes. But as an older... Um, how old is Maud meant to be? I don't know. Only fucking write her character. Um, <laughs> she's a tiefling, so she'll age. She's, she Are they age really old age. or really young? Maybe someone like maybe someone like Eliza Schlesinger or Chloe. No, actually, no, that wouldn't work. Probably Eliza Schlesinger. I'm just, I'm just like imagining a voice in my head, and it's very, it's very similar to Maud. That kind of yeah, that kind of like stand-up energy. Mm. I'd like to throw in Eliza Dushku, uh, who is in Buffy the Vampire Slayer as um, what's her face? Uh, what you Faith? She was Faith in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She has like a sort of very dark. She plays a very kind of like evil. Oh, you know who's good for that kind of voice? If this wasn't like um, maybe, but like um, Laura. Uh, Prepton, you know, who did, uh, she was in, um, she's this one, who was in um, Orange is the New Black, and she is in oh, uh, yes, yes. Donna, and she has that sort of the sassy, take no shit vibe, which was yes. Yeah. That was Oradell with Cornrows once again. Is it Laura Prepon? Prepon or something? Yeah. yeah. Prepon, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's got that kind of take no shit. Yeah. Big more, um, big more energy. Uh, that's, that's a t-shirt. Big more energy. <laughs> I'm just going to throw one more name in the ring. I'm going to go with Dawn French. Oh yeah, 
um, where, they're, where they're trying to help Jerry with his golf swing. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, when they've been trying it for ages and they're all just like, ah, we just want to die, Jerry. Existence is pain. Let us go. That's that's yeah, <laughs> you on a daily, daily level. When they start like crumbling and they're getting the weird aging signs and they're just like, yeah. they're all like deflated. And just constantly going, I'm Mr. Basics. <laughs> <laughs> You can see why we're friends with our two references. <laughs> Matt, save us from this grim dystopian vision of oh, I don't know, how we're gonna by letting us know what 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 character from all of Geekdom do you most uh, Well the first the first one that popped to mind was uh, Shinji Ikari from Evangelion, which I don't know if anyone's familiar with that, but that that's the story of a, a young boy who is overcome by bouts of depression, forced to fight a giant robot, undergoes an existential crisis when the only the only people he's able to make a connection to explode in front of him. And so I, I don't know. I'm trying to think this of a more. This is going on my list. This, this sounds like it's right up my street. This oh, and this is why we play D and D. This is amazing. Find find darker answers than this. Like we can wait, you know. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. Like, oh, you could you could be the guy on the Death Star that pulls a little handle, you know, what? by the laser that blows up Alderaan. You could be anybody. That guy doesn't even have a rail to lean on. <laughs> yeah, it's not even a fucking safety rail. There's just like a planet destroying laser six foot behind his head. Yeah. You know, <laughs> That's no way to live. <laughs> the only other one that came to mind was uh, Chief O'Brien, because he seems to... I mean, I know he goes through a lot of shit as well, but he seems to generally be well-adjusted and um, just seems to be having a good time, mm. even though, you know, put in mind prison for 15 years or something. But he's that, he's that guy who... He doesn't really have a career. He just moves around sideways in the Federation. He's a security yeah. chief one moment. He's a fucking like, transporter chief the next. He just takes whatever job's in front of him. Soldier, yeah, yeah, no, but he, I mean, he's happy, or at least he's not crying all the time, which is <laughs> that's a low fucking bar, that pal. <laughs> any character in any fiction, human movie. emotions are tough, man, yeah. just, isn't crying all the time. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just what's your final answers, um, yeah, a soulless robot that rips its own face <laughs> off. Mm-hmm. I originally had one that was a little bit further out of geekdom that wasn't quite as depressing. Was it Dominic Cummings? <laughs> no. <Not bad. laughs> no, I was going to say uh, I was going to say Rick from uh, from Casablanca uh, because it, there's a very wow. there's a certain way of, of reading that film, which is a man who just wants to sit around drinking and and running his bar, but then he gets he gets dragged into everyone else's problems. Um, yeah. Oh, do you know what, right? I'll give you a nice answer as well as the, the Robocop 2 reference. Um, I'm watching Bob's Burgers at the minute and I keep getting told that I'm pure Gene, the the son, <laughs> which is Bob's son. So if you're familiar with Bob's Burgers, not everyone is, but it's mint. Um, I'm, I'm just binging my way through it right now. Uh, yeah, the son Gene. It's a spin off of Archer, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Is it? It's the same people, it's the same people who did. Who did uh, I really love Archer, but I did not get through all of it, though. I, I fell off. It's still going. It's, just, it's, it's relentless as well. So when you've binged it a few times, you're kind of like, I don't, 
I don't know anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Archer is the thinking man Simpsons. Wow. I don't know, you know. Whoa. I don't know if that, if that holds up as a hot take, personally. Ooh, la, la. There's nothing That's... alike. That's not even apples and oranges. That's apples and shoes. Yeah. and crossbows. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Fuck me, this podcast has been a lot bleaker than I thought it would. I thought this would be like shit and giggles, but it's really been like tears and weeping. You wanted it this way. For a, a beacon of uh, a beacon of negativity in our world too focused on the positive. <laughs> yeah, this is realism. That's what you're getting off this episode. You know, in fantasy, that's every other episode. This is real, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Matt's got it. Behind the curtain. This is like on the director's chair. Like, this is grim, grim, grim. Like, okay. behind, what was it? What those old music documentaries when they'd be like, behind the record, and it'd be like crazy cuts constantly. You know, Simpsons did a parody of it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, he just, he just couldn't, he couldn't stop doing cocaine. Anytime he rolled the dice, he was like, more cocaine. And we used to say, no, AJ, you don't need any more cocaine. He's yelling, at the, really? he's yelling on the podcast as it is, and he's like, no, roll the dice. I'm doing more cocaine. Drugs are good. <laughs> I see. I mean... <laughs> don't deny it. They'll know you're lying. They'll hear you. They'll hear you lying. You're going to get our podcasting license taken off us. <laughs> <laughs> then what will We've we only do? Just what will we do? What will we do? Right, come on then. Let's wrap this shit show in the fuck factory up by answering me this question for a section that I have christened Don't Just Take My Nerd For It, which, you know, is a pithy name. What obscure piece of media, film, book, game, etc. would you recommend our listeners dig out? So we're going way off topic here, but who gives a fuck? Uh, Starting with Matt. What treasure, what gem from yesteryear, from the extensive bookshelf of nerdery behind you? Uh, media or game? I've not read any of these books, you know. Just, uh, <laughs> it's just wallpaper. <laughs> it's just centrist. Yeah. 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 Painted on. Um, the, uh, also, you're getting further and further away from the mic as you get more like horizontal. More relaxed. <laughs> He's too advanced, yeah. too relaxed. In another room. <laughs> well, hey, um, the random one I thought of today was a game called Killer Seven on the GameCube, which I recently—I never played it when it first came out, um, but I recently replayed it because I think it came out again on PC. Yeah. It is batshit insane. It feels like if you know if you've ever played like a Metal Gear Solid game. And you know how weird the last 30 minutes is. This is a game that starts at that point and gets weirder. So it's it's about a um it's about a man who kind of shapeshifts into seven assassins, hence the title, and you kinda yeah, yeah, you're only confident in you've got to assassinate these 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 people, but you're talking to the seven heads of, of, of various people you killed in the past, so it's all very mysterious. And you can only run in one direction and you're being attacked by these weird souls of things. 
and your only friend is a, a Japanese guy in like a red leather gimp costume who hangs from the ceiling. <laughs> Matt, um, are you sure this isn't a dream you had? Because I think I had the same dream. What is wrong with you? <laughs> it sounds what, sick. What even is? It's amazing. It's it's a it's an absolute. Exp- I, I don't even think it's a good game, but it's an experience that must be experienced. I asked you to recommend something, and you recommended a therapist wet dream. What? That, that's it's not, it's not a recommendation. What is it? It's a. I don't know. This is kind of like I just need to get this off my chest. I, I need to tell oh, people okay. this exists. Oh, good. Therapy. Now. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's available on Steam. It's gonna. And also, just a loop back around to something you said. Are you a retro GameCuber? I do have a a, a GameCube um, that I dig out occasionally. But are you like a console nerd? Do you have like lots of consoles dating back to like the NES, or are you like? No, I I wish I did. I've got. In fact, I wish I never lost my N64 because I've got the controller for it, but I don't know where the N64 went, and that's really oh, gonna. Hey, your lives are just miseries. No wonder you. It's really gonna haunt me. Yeah. True. But no, I only I I as much as I'd like to have like a wall of consoles all hooked up, ready to go. I I just have a, a GameCube and a PS2, which I don't have the adapter for. You've got the batteries, but you've lost the vibrator. Jesus Christ! In a manner of speaking. That's phenomenal. I like that. That's probably a very fitting paradigm for for you. Wow. Everything is so fucking grim and dystopian. I just imagine that this episode would be like just shits and giggles after shits and giggles, but looking into the dark abyss of your lives has really <laughs> made me depressed. We just thought we'd just thought we'd open the box a little bit tonight. Like it, it you want, sometimes it has to happen. You wanted this. Remember that. You wanted it to be this way. I'm thinking of more answers for this as we go along too. Um yeah, so oh, I can see Chris thinking as well. There's there's a lot of good uh, shit. Right. Is that your final <laughs> Chris is doing like a beautiful mind. For the listeners who can't see, Chris is currently doing a beautiful mind, going through his mind palace, just checking yeah. through cupboards <laughs> and bookshelves and Oh, my mind palace does not have bookshelves. My mind palace just has like all the TV shows that I've downloaded. Uh, I can recommend you a book. I can recommend you a book series, but but most of them are going to be TV series. Do, do you want a nice normie answer? Go on. I really like the Amazing Spider-Man too. I think Andrew Garfield's my favorite Spider-Man. Get out! I mean, I I did, I did say We're an obscure a quiet family. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm 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 Maguire till I die. Yeah, good. You're Maguire till you die. Yeah, yeah. I rate that too. Really? Why? What are you not? I don't know. I mean, other than the fact I get really confused between Tom Hollander and Tom Holland, <laughs> um, which I think Tom Hollander would make a fantastic Spider-Man. Like, four foot five, really grumpy, curmudgeonly, slightly... The mid, mid, middle-aged Peter Parker. Yeah. Middle-aged Peter Parker. We'll get Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a wrecking ball he, on a fucking... He could be, he could be Venom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine. Who, who, would, who would Carnage be in that universe? Oh. Um... Uh, Anne Widdicombe, why not? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
I'm going with Jack Black. Jack Black, yeah. I nearly said him for Aristobulus. I was like, he couldn't do it. He'd just be Jack Black. Yeah. It'd be too. He hasn't got. The, he hasn't got the range. He's got. Yeah. He's got range. He's got his own range. He's in. A, he's in his own league. But it's not what I need to be a, a perfect priest. Yeah. Not, not best, best not to insult A-list celebrities whilst we're in our infancy here as a podcast. <laughs> we need all, we need all... Tenacious D should do the soundtrack, though, so there's that. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, you can open doors with um, tightly, tightly scrawled dagger or whatever it's called. Uh, whatever, it's quite that. You, you can definitely open doors for us. Uh, right, well, now that we've, now that we've, you know, scratched our Maguire itch, uh, let's move on to Chris. What <clears throat> what piece of and I'm going with obscure here to prevent you saying Spider Man three. Uh, what obscure piece of fucking fantasy or anything at this point? You know, I'll take anything from books, films, games, short stories. Hell, I'll even take Amdram. <laughs> like, like literally anything. Uh, Oh, that's a good. That's a good point. That's throwing me off a little bit. Uh, I really like, in terms of book series, I really like the Expanse series by. Um, I can't remember what the two authors' names are, but their pen name is like James S. A. Corey. No, wow. um, that's really good. They did a Netflix. They, well, it's still going, but they did a um, a Netflix series based on it, which has now moved over to Prime. I was going to say, it got cancelled, didn't it? And the fans loved it so much, it got resurrected. Well, the fans loved it so much, and Jeff Bezos loves it so much that he was like, oh, just come over onto Amazon. What, the Bezos himself? Yeah. He spoke up for it. Yes. The Expanse. I don't know. I mean, The Expanse is a a good recommendation. I mean, maybe it would have been, before it was on Prime, slightly less known Mm. than... Fucking Spider Man Two, but then again, Spider Man Two is a you know a vast improvement on whatever that piece of tortuous platform game was that you just recommended there, man. Um, come on, you've got to have at least some sitcom in your back pocket. Some. Oh, I do. Yeah, Chris uh, Barry I'm, in the British Empire. I'm just thinking of. I'm just thinking of like. I don't like using the word obscure to to insult them. Um, uh, if anyone, if no, if anyone's not seen uh, Vice Principals, that's really really good. It's uh, Walton Goggins and Danny McBride as as teachers at war uh, over the principal job. That's hilarious. Um, if you've never seen AP Bio, that's amazing. That's, um, what's his name? Glenn Howerton from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He plays a teacher. Uh, that's hilarious as well. Um, I've just finished binging the fourth series of that, I think. Can we just loop back to Walton Goggins? I feel like he's one of the most underappreciated actors. Walton Goggins in The Shield is phenomenal. If anyone's not seen The Shield, it's like... I've not seen The Shield, but I've seen uh, Justified. He's great in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm going to say Justified. Yeah, The Shield's like Poor Man's Wire, but still great somehow with Michael Chiklis and all the rest. Um, okay. Goggins. Goggins looks like a man who's in 
Big Mouth, the animated season. But, you know, <laughs> does that make does that make sense to anyone? He has. Yeah, he, he looks like a real life man who's been drawn by the cast of Big Man. <laughs> Thanks. I can never unsee that. Yeah, because I'm not wrong. Good. Fight me, Goggins. Fight me. I'll see you on Twitter. <laughs> Oh, uh, so much, so much Goggins, love. Goggins, me and you, Goggins, fucking me and you. Fuck. Don't call Goggins out. He'll fucking have you. I've seen Ant Man too. He's have in. Uh, he's a bad guy. Why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's actually what? a pretty good film. I, I really liked it. It's a great actor. What are you talking about? Paul Rudd and Walton Goggins in the same fucking place is like rocking horse poo. <laughs> It's rare for special. Who's winning a fight, do you think? Goggins is pretty ripped. He's got that skinny energy. Oh, yeah, you, I, mean, I mean, Paul Rudd got crazily yeah. ripped for the first Ant-Man film. It's that bit in every single action film where the protagonist has to take their shirt off for no particular reason. Sure, mm. sure. All those, all those uh, burpees have been doing. I'm going to give it to Goggins. You know, I think Goggins, he wants it more. He's got the rage behind the eyes. I think he'd uh, finish off Rudd. Rudd doesn't have anything to prove, you know. You try and shut it down and Goggins, bam, punch to the neck. Game over. Rudd's always like, Rudd's already got big Marvel money. He doesn't need to exactly. he doesn't need to he doesn't need this prize fight. <laughs> Walton Goggins needs it. Exactly wants it. Goggins looks feral though. That's what I mean, yeah. He's definitely got the, the hatred deep down, I reckon. So Team Goggins. Team Goggins. Yeah, all right, we're Team Goggins. That's good to know, and that's a stance I think we can all get behind. <laughs> um, right, let's wrap this bullshit up, Lewis. Right, what is your? I can see that you're I've, champing at the. I've bit. been frantically googling, and I found a gem, but I'm not going to get to that gem just yet. First off, um, again, I just want to say this can't be. A parody porn film, all right? Well, you never included that small print when you sent these questions over. So that's on you. Shameless fist. (laughs) (laughs) What about uh, Velocipasta, Lewis? Ah, nice. Nice. (laughs) That's a question in itself, and maybe that's one for the next Q&A. We should find the best uh, novelty film. Can be poised. It's up to you guys. Maybe, maybe it should be. Maybe them's the rules. Anyway, that'd be weird. So I'm gonna go for not all of it. I don't know if you'd call a couple of these obscure, but they definitely don't get talked about enough. And number one is the Running Man, Arnie, 1987. I mean, it's a cult fucking classic. You've got Arnie featuring an operatic race car villain, uh, bright yellow leotards, and it's so. Overlooked, it's criminal. All about the running man. It's way better than the Hunger Games and does a similar story, but like a million times better and like 30 years earlier. So everyone should watch that Arnie film. It's awful and brilliant. Um, and another one that's like not so super cult or anything, but people don't talk about it enough, is uh, from Dawn Till Dusk because it's George Clooney and Tarantino shooting oh, zombies. Yeah, that's a great film. And it's they mean, say. it's like 1996, Selma Hayek's oh. fit as fuck with the snake and Tarantino, those yeah. little Tarantinoisms that you get used to after seeing his films, man, does he get them in in that film? Like the feet. Yeah, he does. Selma Hayek's foot down his throat, pouring a drink down her leg. Like, Quentin, come on. He's not even keeping it subtle, and that was then. He really, you know, I think that was 
maybe just before Death Proof. I could be wrong. And there's a lot of it then too. And then, yeah, we all know about the flip So I'm going to jump in with a few things there. Did you know The Running Man was written by Stephen King? I did. I, I don't think I did, no. Yeah, Running Man's written by Stephen King. It was written under a pen name, which I had to Google, which is Richard Bachman. Wow. Uh, but yeah, Running Man is a Stephen King film, technically. That's amazing. Uh, I love it even more. <laughs> and yes, to Dust or Dawn, I have lots of strong childhood memories about that. Uh, I think they play, Tarantino and Clooney play the Gecko Brothers yeah. from memory, yeah, don't I think they? So, yeah. yeah. And the bar's called the Titty Twister. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a lovely kind of interplay. It's a great piece. And also it's Robert Rodriguez, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mad. It's like you saw was like, and nobody really talks about that film that much. And it's like, if someone, if someone tells, it's like, hey, so you know in the late 90s, uh, George Clooney was in a film with Quentin Tarantino and they shot zombies. You'd be like, yes. I don't know. It's just, I maybe it's a generational blip where like younger millennials missed it or something i don't know but i not enough people talk to me about it and uh, it's great it's a robert rodriguez special yeah it's directed by robert rodriguez um tarantino did the screenplay right and then robert rodriguez has done some truly brilliant films over the course of history but he also did spy kids too i want to say. love it versatile i love that getting that sweet disney money pretty sure like every, everyone sells out sooner or later. Hey man, he's just it's uh, really cool. They, they're good to, it wasn't a, a crossover. Um, I like that. I like that. Actually, yeah. To be fair, I I don't know. There's also a I don't know what the there's a series of Dust Till Dawn. Um, really? Yeah. They did on Netflix. I want to say it's. I can't yeah. tell you how good it is. Okay. Cool. I should be able to do something in the first season. But it was about eight years ago. Yeah, it's great. And my other things that are uh, strange but great, um, my pro wrestling nerd side loves the fact that if you've never, ever, ever like um, flirted with the crazy world of pro wrestling before, but you want to see a really bleak documentary, it's bleak but also like really fascinating and it's not too long. It's called Beyond the Map. Um, and people who are into it will have definitely seen it before. But if you're not and interested in just a really strange documentary from like the late 90s, which is like the peak, do you remember, you know, we were all like kids and The Rock and Stone Cold and all this was huge. Um, it was essentially like if you've ever seen The Wrestler with Mickey Rob, it's like the original, yeah. the original piece. <clears throat> but that would, this is the original thing that made that possible, basically. Um, and it follows yeah. like everyone from like a local uh, level to retiree guys like the wrestler character of people who were going through like crack addicts and stuff and then people who are at the top so it's a really good expose on it all and yeah beyond the mat is such a good watch and as this is interesting yeah big, yeah big fat recommend for that also recently played a ridiculous board game called the great game of britain i played it on a boat it's fucking pointless but my god is it fun if you're drinking um, it's it's a map. It's a, no, God no! It's a it's a map of like train stations, and you give you're given instructions, and you've got to find your route there. And it sounds painfully dull, but it's hilarious if you're drinking because all of a sudden you'll pick a rule and it resets the whole game. So all of what you're working towards is completely lost. So it's infuriating, but fun if you do get to play it. A bit like Ticket to Ride, apparently. But um, yeah, it's a ridiculous little board game for you there. And I was frantically Googling while you were giving good answers there. 
because I was I had this weird fever dream moment of this. Um, I'd only ever find, I used to, right, at university, I used to come in and it'd be like four in the morning and on like Challenge or whatever game show channel, there'd be this insane, insane show and I'd never be able to find it sober because I never remembered the name of it. And this kept happening over and over again. And then I, I wasn't sure if it existed or not. Anyway, I have found it. It's blind date. It's not blind date. Yeah. <laughs> sure. They were behind the wall, but they could easily see over the wall. It makes no sense. Uh, no, <laughs> they could just stand up off the fucking stools. It's stupid. Just fucking vault it. Just vault yeah. it. Still blind. Get fucked. Anyway, um, no, it was actually called strong. Oh, in separata. I might be pronounced that wrong. Basically, I'll send you all a link to it later. But it was like I think a vet- you're gonna send you're gonna send all of our listeners a link to it. We'll link to it later. Give it, give us the elevator pitch. Oh, I don't know if I can because it's fucking wild. Okay, so I think it's filmed in the Isle of Man, essentially a very small island off. Oh, it's filmed off a small island near UK and slash France. Um, it presented by uh, Annabelle Croft and Sean O'Kane, if that means anything to nineties people in the UK. And okay, here's what I remember it from a drunken haze. I have got it in front of me. You can find episode one. Oh, they film it in different islands. So the first one's in Scotland. Um, there's a man in a helicopter that scouts out these players that are running around a small um, like village or island. They are then on this weird scavenger hunt where they've got a black farmers and stuff to like, hey, can I get in your hay bale truck or something? Because I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking for like a key. All in the meantime, hovering above them is this helicopter with this ridiculous man in character, who I guess is the villain, who's just like squawking at them like a crow would, and like generally just berating them. And it's honestly fucking wild. And it's just like it gets harder and harder and harder. So the more things that they are doing on this time challenge, I think the episode I remember is like they, they got a key, but then they had to go to the docks. And the prize money was like under a boat. And it's like, how are you expecting some PE teacher from Kent to be able to do all this? <laughs> and like run around. It's mad. It's insane, but it's on YouTube. You're literally describing the plot line of the Annika Rice game show, Treasure Hunt. Yeah, it's like it's like Hunt. Treasure Hunt, and that's how I found it. I found the Treasure Hunt Wikipedia. Right. And it's like a it's similar sort of vibe to that, but it's different. What if what if treasure hunt, but someone was just squawking at them the entire time? Honestly, I remember pissing myself off <laughs> watching this at like five in the morning because a man at some point is clearly he's missed his cue for the helicopter, so he's just chasing this woman down the country road, squawking and flapping his arms. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's insane. And let one more time, what the hell is this gem called? Oh, I'm not sure. I keep missing the title. Though. <laughs> this is how I Are always sure lose it. This is how I always play. lose it. Intra- Interceptor. Interceptor. So he's the interceptor, but that doesn't sound that uh, maniacal. So he has to wear a trench coat and run around. And it's it's all super nineties, and it's very bizarre, and you're never really sure what's going on. All you know is that the clock is counting down, and the interceptor is trying to fuck you up. What the fuck is this? You found this it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pop it in the uh, yeah. Pop it in our chat, and then we can put it on Twitter for anybody who gets to witness this. I think that you can safe to say that's obscure. The Running Man, no, but the Interceptor, I'd say so. Having very quickly Wikipedia'd it, I can confirm they only ever made eight episodes. So 
you felt well. That's good, that, isn't it? That's really obscure. The Wikipedia page also has a section called Attempted US Version. Yeah. As with all great concepts, it has an attempted. Yeah. There you go. They have to have a go. Come on, Ohio, bring it back. <laughs> right. Let's wrap this shit show up by bringing it all together. Do you have any closing statements you'd like to make before we draw a line under this whole debacle? Any last yeah. statements? Go listen to stop stop listening to this while if you're on Spotify and go listen to Air Dagger. Spellcasting's out now. Okay. <laughs> you give me the platform, I'll take the platform. <laughs> All right, Chris, what product have you got going? Come on. Uh I don't I, I don't I don't have anything to sell you. Go- uh, Gooch cream just, by uh, Neil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and blast the barnacles off your bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> Get back out there. I don't know. Get back out there. <laughs> this, has been a, this has been a pretty dark week, guys. <laughs> sorry sorry that we had to open the box on you so much. It has been unbelievably bleak as an episode. I thought this was going to be rainbows and sunbeams and twinkles. I brought my beans. But instead... I don't know why you thought that. What's the last one like No, the last one was a light romp through fantasy nonsense. Yeah, and this... Good. It's just been a, a therapy like, session. This has right. been like mediation during a particularly painful divorce. <laughs> I feel like... You asked us to think deeply about our characters. Like, you, you got the answers that you got. I don't want you to see truth. Daddy on weekends, okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> every opportunity Matt has made this a bleak fucking... Look yeah, I think Matt's on the He's not even sorry. Yeah. Do you think do you think Daniel Day Lewis sits around thinking about nice things all day? No, he gets shit done, doesn't he? No. Yeah. Yeah, but I also think he sits around punching himself in the balls every thirty seconds. He might do if he was playing a character with testicular torsion. (laughs) Right. His next role. I've heard. My sources tell me. That's his next role. Have they really? I'm gonna start saying that more. It sounds like I'm, I don't like it, like it's real. <laughs> I feel like we've all learned something today. I mean, I couldn't tell you exactly what that was, other than the fact that drinking and podcasts probably aren't friends. But Beg to differ. Hey, this is the most sober I've been on a Wednesday in a long time. Also, <laughs> yeah. I've refound, like, the Interceptor TV show, so you're welcome, you know. It's not all been yeah. doom and gloom. All- more like episodes of it. Yeah, they're on YouTube, or a lot of it is. Excellent. Right, Matt, save us from this misery. Give us a positive statement to go out on. Um, you'll probably not die in your sleep tonight on a statistical... Wow. <laughs> you didn't even Christ. sound confident with that. You'll probably not it's die in your sleep. Well, as soon as I said it. Probably right. Jesus Probably Christ. Probably not going to die in their sleep. Do you, do you want me to edit that out, Matt, and we can just have another bite of the cherry? No, let, let's see. Let, let's see. Uplifting news. Oh, I follow them. Um, they call like, the good news something on Instagram. They're easy to find. They have really nice infographics, and they only share really like positive things that happened this week. So there's hmm. another recommend. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's really nice. Britney Spears. 
might be coming out of a conservatorship. That's that's good for Britney Spears. Oh, she did, yeah. I say, it's that, yeah, it's all about free Britney, but what about arm Britney? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we should be arming Britney. Why not? What could go wrong? I mean, Better revenge and then a brand new album. Win, win, win. Well, I mean, <laughs> just when I thought I'd bring the way to the end of the tunnel, it turned out to be a fucking freight train. Hey. Marvellous. Hashtag arm Britney. Come on. Just get it started. This is now the uh, arm Britney podcast. Get those guns. All right, maybe pistols. Could people spam us with like... I need to draw a line under this quickly before we get ourselves taken off the air. Fix it in post. Fix it in post. Fix it in post. Fix it in post. For a big goodbye from everybody. Come on, give everyone a goodbye. Bye, bye everyone. Bye, everyone. Please come back. Please. Thank you. Seriously, they don't pay me enough for this. Well, that was informative, I guess. Who knew how depressing those guys were going to be? But I tell you what, if you want to put a big smile on their face, why not consider hitting that subscribe button so you'll never miss another episode again? A five-star review would also go a long way to helping us out. God damn it, we'll take any kind of review. Please. We'll be sure to throw up the social links on social media of all the random shit we've talked about today as well. So uh, keep an eye out for that. So that just leaves us time to say a big goodbye from Chris, Matt, Lewis and myself. We'll see you all next week. Goodbye, my friends. Drugs!